the salt water ocean surrounding jambu dweep is itself surrounded by lakshadweep lakshadweep the breadth of lakshadweep is twice that of the salt water ocean in other words 200000 yojanas or 1600000 miles on lakshadweep there is a tree shining like gold and as tall as the jambu tree on jambu dweep at its root is a fire with seven flames it is because this tree is a plaksha tree that the island is called plaksha dweep plaksha dweep was governed by itma jiva one of the sons of maharaj priyabrata he endowed the seven islands with the names of his seven sons divided the islands among the sons and then retired from active life to engage in the devotional service of the lord text 3 and 4 translation the seven islands or varshas are named according to the names of those seven sons shiv yavas shubhadra shanta kshema amrita and abhay in those seven tracts of land there are seven mountains and seven rivers the mountains are named manikut vajrakut indrasen jyotishman suparna hiranyasthiva and meghamala and the rivers are named aruna nrmna angirasi savitri shuktabhata ritambara and satyambara one can immediately be free from material contamination by touching or bathing in those rivers and the four castes of people who live in plakshadweep the hamsas the patangas the urdhvayanas and satyandras purify themselves in that way the inhabitants of plakshadweep live for 1000 years they are beautiful like the devi gods and they also beget children like the devi gods by completely performing the ritualistic ceremonies mentioned in the vedas and by worshiping the supreme personality of godhead as represented by the sun god they attain the sun which is a heavenly planet the last line is very important by completely performing the ritualistic ceremonies mentioned in the vedas and by worshiping the supreme personality of godhead as represented by the sun god they attain the sun which is a heavenly planet and the purport point of view it become evident now when we see the purport purport by sita prabhupadi according to general understanding there are originally three deities lord brahma lord vishnu and lord shiva and people with a poor fund of knowledge consider lord vishnu no better than lord brahma or lord shiva this conclusion however is invalid as stated in the vedas ishtapurtam bahuda jayamanam vishvam bibharati bhuvanasya navi tad evagnis tad vayus tat suryas tad u chandrama agni सर्वदैवतः 
This means that the Supreme Lord who accepts and enjoys the results of Vedic ritualistic sacrifices, technically called Ishtapurta, who maintains the entire creation, who supplies the necessity of all living entities, Eko Bhavunam Yo Vidhadati Kaman, and who is the central point of all creation is Lord Vishnu. Lord Vishnu expands as the demigods known as Agni, Vayu, Surya and Chandra who are simply part and parcels of his body. Lord Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita 9.23 Ye api anya devata bhakta yajanti shraddhayam vitaha te api maam eva kamteya yajanti aviti purvakam Devotees who worship the demigods with firm faith worship me also but not according to regulative principles. In other words, if one worships the demigods but does not understand the relationship between the demigods and the Supreme Personality of Godhead, his worship is irregular. Krishna also says in Bhagavad Gita 9.24 Aham hi sarva yajnanam bhokta cha prabhur evacha I am the only enjoyer of ritualistic ceremonies. It may be argued, it may be argued that the demigods are as important as Lord Vishnu because the names of the demigods are different names of Vishnu. This, however, is not a sound conclusion, for it is contradicted in the Vedic literatures. The Vedas declare Chandrama Manaso Jatas Chaksho Surya Ayad Ajayata Shrotra Dayas Chapranas Chamukhad Agnir Ajayata Narayana Brahma Narayana Rudro Jayate Narayana Prajapati Jayate Narayana Indro Jayate Narayana Astau Vasavo Jayante Narayana Ekadasha Rudra Jayante the demigod of the moon, Chandra, came from the mind of Narayana and the sun god came from his eyes. The controlling deities of hearing and the life air came from Narayana and the controlling deity of fire was generated from his mouth. Prajapati Lord Brahma came from Narayana, Indra came from Narayana and the eight Vasus the eleven expansions of Lord Shiva and the twelve Adityas also came from Narayan. In the Smriti Vedic literature, it is also said Brahma Shambhus Tathaivarkas Chandramas Cha Satakratuhu Evam Adyas Tathaivanye Yukta Vaishnava Tejasa Jagat Karya Vasanehitu Vijuj Vyujyante cha tejasa Vitejas cha te sarve Panchatvam upayandite Brahma, Shambhu, Surya and Indra are all merely products of the power of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is also true of the many other demigods whose names are not mentioned here. This is also true of such demigods. When the cosmic manifestation is annihilated, these different expansions of Narayana's potencies will merge into Narayan. 
in other words all these demigods will die their living force will be withdrawn and they will merge into narayan therefore it should be concluded that lord vishnu therefore this is very important therefore it should be concluded that lord vishnu not lord brahma or lord shiva is the supreme personality of godhead as a government officer is sometimes accepted as the entire government although he is actually but a departmental manager so the demigods having achieved power of autonomy from vishnu act on his behalf although they are not as powerful as he is all the demigods must work under the orders of vishnu therefore it is said ekale ishwara krishna arasava vrittya the only master is lord krishna or lord vishnu and all others are his obedient servants who act exactly according to his orders the distinction between lord vishnu and the demigods is also expressed in bhagavad gita 9.25 yanti deva vrata devan yanti mad yajino apimam those who worship the demigods go to the planets of the demigods whereas the worshippers of lord krishna and lord vishnu go to the planets of vaikuntha these are the statements of the smriti therefore the idea that lord vishnu is on the same level as the demigods is in contradiction to the shastras the demigods are not supreme the supremacy of the demigods is dependent on the mercy of lord narayan vishnu or krishna very long about vela prabhu very very uh, heavy and driving the point home ओम अज्ञातिनाशलाखा चक्षुर्मीतन तस्म श्रीगुरव नम श्रीचैतन्यमनोभीष्ट स्थात भूतले स्वयं कदाम ददाति स्वकदाक मुखा कौतिवाचारम पंगोलंघाते गिरीपातमहम वंदे श्रीगुरुदीनताण वाचाकूभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतीतानाभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नम जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभुनंद श्रीअदाथी गौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे so in this section there is a new chapter that has opened today nevertheless this chapter is also in continuance of the theme of vedic cosmology now the vedic cosmology in this chapter also continues to focus on bhumandal okay. but interestingly what is happening is that it is moving beyond jambu dweep bhumandal is like a cd a compact disc which has got many many concentric circles and sectors in between they are saying is the mount meru which is the holder of the cd if you like right 
and then the first concentric circle is called as jambu dvip which is what we have been discussing up until now now we are going into the second concentric circle which is outside outer circle of jambu dvip which is called as plaksha dvip the outer ring now between this inner circle and the outer circle it is mentioned that there is an ocean of salt water and then so on and so forth if you go beyond plaksha dvip to the next dvip that will come down the line you will find that there is another ocean which is separating so each outer ring is separated from each inner ring by virtue of an ocean except that the ingredients of or of the constitution of the ocean is different this time it is salt water today which is separating jambu dvip and plaksha dvip and then beyond plaksha dvip there is a sugar cane juice that is coming okay <laughs> right so that is what is so today or now from this section onwards the work, the, the focus is on plaksha dvip for some time and then it will move on to the other sections now it is mentioned that plaksha dvip is double in width to jambu dvip if jambu dvip was 200000 yojanas or 1.6 billion miles plaksha dvip is sorry uh, jambu dvip was 100000 yojanas plaksha dvip is 200000 yojanas it is double and beyond plaksha dvip it is mentioned there are five other dvipas total there are sapta dvip seven one is already over jambu dvip now we are discussing plaksha dvip so beyond this there are five dvipas which together constitute the sapta dvip of the bhumandal which is earthly planets till now we have not even spoken about going beyond bhumandal so you can just imagine how huge and vast this whole one material universe is and like that there are millions we are sitting in tank street <laughs> right and like proper said and we think we are important <laughs> so just as jambu dvip is is the was divided into various tracts of land for example there is mount meru there is a cd player there is a concentric circle around the cd the first one jambu dvip that jambu dvip was divided into various sectors sectors or varshas just like that plaksha dvip is also divided into various varshas which has been mentioned in these verses just as there is one governor of each dvip in jambu dvip or each varsha in jambu dvip here also there is a governor who is a governor that governor is called as idma jiva who is one of the sons of maharaj priyavrat and the plaksha dvip is also divided into seven varshas except that here each varsha of plaksha dvip is named after each son of uh, idma jiva now it is mentioned that this uh, maharaj idma jiva he divided these plaksha uh, dvip into these seven varshas and after that he retired <laughs> okay which is good that he was not attached to his construction if you like many times we construct a big house and then we get attached to the house and say that i will not move out of this <laughs> till we are kicked out <laughs> but this uh, idma jiva he has he is responsible for the entire plaksha dvip he constructed and he divided into sectors and then inside said that he gave it in charge of his sons and then he retired now it is mentioned that every tract of land here has a mountain and a river and this mountain divides one varsha from the other that's a segregation just as one dvipa and other dvipa is segregated by a ocean one varsha and another varsha within that dvipa is segregated by a mountain and then there is a river also 
So Vishwan Chakravarti Thakur in his commentary to this section says that this mountain range divides the Varshas and touches the ocean on both ends, running at right angles to the ocean. Also, he clarifies that the inhabitants who are here mentioned in the verse as Hamsas, Patangas, Urdhvayanas and Satyangas, they represent the Brahmanas, Vaishyas, Sashatriyas, Vaishyas and Shudras respectively. So that is what not mentioned in the translation, but it is mentioned in Vishwanachakaravitakur's purports to this. Further, the forms of these people, the forms of these people who are there in Plakshadri are very similar to the forms of the demigods that is mentioned here. And it is also mentioned that when they produce offsprings, the offsprings they also produce akin to how the devatas produce. Needless to say, just as in the heavenly planets, the lifespan of these people who are living in Plakshadri is also very long, 1000 years it is mentioned. Now, the key point here again for today's uh, context is that the inhabitants of this Plakshadri, they worship the sun god. They worship the sun god. Now again I am feeling cold. They came and I am feeling warm. What to do? So the inhabitants worship the sun god and it is said that because they worship the sun god, they attain the planet of the sun god. Now, Prabhupada's purport is very interesting here. All this translation is about, what what was all the translation about? About Lakshadri, the divisions, the Maharaj, what was his name? Idma Jiva. And then the size, the entire translation is about the construct of this particular place. But nowhere here Prabhupada in the purport is elaborating on the construct. This is the interesting point today. Right? So rather than focusing on Plakshadvi, Prabhupada's purport focuses on the difference between Lord Krishna and the demigods. Now, this is what when I was studying this, I was thinking, what is this? I was still trying to say, am I not getting something or no, Prabhupada has not expanded anything on the purport directly, you know. So, the entire purport has nothing to do with Plakshan. Then I remembered, you know, the Kesha Prabhu many times told us that Srila Prabhupada often said that my purports are my devotional ecstasies and whatever Prabhupada said I have written, they have been dictated to me by Krishna himself. So, what did Prabhupada want to spontaneously tell us? in this section. So, when we study this, it seems evident that Srila Prabhupada spontaneously chooses amongst all this information that is given us to caution his readers of Srimad Bhagavatam not to get swayed by the lifestyle of Plakshad Vipasis and start worshipping demigods like they did <laughs> and thus deviating from Krishna consciousness. So, the whole purport today, Prabhupada is hammering that point. So, Prabhupada therefore is highlighting the difference between worshipping Krishna and worshipping the demigods and Prabhupada is hammering the supremacy of Lord Krishna over the demigods throughout today's purport. Srila Prabhupada's main concern for us in this section 
at least today's section seems to be to maintain our vivasaith mitobuddhi <laughs> to maintain our single to sustain our single pointed focus on lord krishna because why because what is prabhupad writing which scripture is prabhupad commenting on now he is commenting on shrimad bhagavatam mm. shrimad bhagavatam has got only one goal which is ananya bhakti towards lord krishna so whatever other information shrimad bhagavatam will give is all in context of lord we surrendering to lord krishna and understanding his supremacy not getting enamored with the lifestyle of the lakshadweep passes mm. and desiring a body like the demigod right or thinking how nice the sugar cane ocean will taste <laughs> So therefore, Prabhupada is, <laughs> Prabhupada's purport has got nothing to do with that particular translation directly. So now, the first thing that struck me when I studied this purport is, what would we have done if Prabhupada wouldn't have written purports to Srimad Bhagavatam? Even if someone would have said, are you from Melbourne or out of town, we have got this Srimad Bhagavatam for you, for all the handsome men or whatever. You know, even if someone would have tricked me like that into buying a book, what would I have understood without Prabhupada's purport. I would have said this and said, wow, Lakshadi, fantastic. Let me go there. Sun God, okay. Oh, Surya, Yanamaha. <laughs> From tomorrow's contact, right? Because obviously the temptation will be there. But Prabhupada's purports are the ones which keep us focused. So thanks to Sukhdev Goswami for giving us Bhagavatam. But double thank you to Srila Prabhupada for helping us stay focused with the strategic intent of the Srimad Bhagavatam, right? So that is what I, I realized when I was studying this. So that we will understand, not only understand and realize, but we will also start, we will also start practicing Krishna Bhakti and we will sustain our Krishna Bhakti throughout our study of Srimad Bhagavatam without getting digressed with the phantasmagoria that is presented in the other planets which are like heavenly planets. Now, elaborating on Srila Prabhupada's purport today, about the supremacy of Lord Krishna, there is ample Shastra Praman that is available that unequivocally declare the supremacy of Lord Krishna over others. Now, for Westerners, this is easy to accept. Lord Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. Just like, for example, when you go to a piano class, one student went and said, I want to learn piano. He said, what is the fee? They said hundred dollars, okay, for six months. Have you studied piano? They said no. Another fellow came. Said, have you studied piano before? Yeah, I have learned piano before. Okay, two hundred dollars for <laughs> Why? Because you have to unlearn before you start learning. So Westerners don't have the problem of unlearning. Okay, Krishna is the supreme personality of God. Simple, straight, right? So in India, however, <laughs> this is complicated. <laughs> So in India, the common notions of God are many many, right? And it de- depends on state to state. Hmm? But amongst all these common, there are some which are very prominent. Hmm? When you go to Maharashtra, what they will say? Ganpati Bappa, Moya, Purja Varshi, Laukarya. Ganpati Bappa, okay, which is coming now. <laughs> Lord Ganesh, okay. Hmm? If you go to Maharashtra, Ganpati Varshi. If you go to Bengal, what will they say? Durga. Right. Mm-hmm. Though because the land of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is still Durga worship is prominent there. Okay. So they they will say Durga. If you go to south, what they will say? They will they will say Shiva Bhagavan. Mm-hmm. Right. Lord Shiva. Mm-hmm. That is what they will say. Right. 
or if you go deeper down south lord shiva also vanishes no vanishes there there it is what vel muruga <laughs> lord muruga shiva's son kartikeya who is known as muruga right so that is there or in villages if you go you will find several names of lord durga and kali somebody will say it is muttumariyamman swami like that it is ambike swami somebody will say like that then if you go somewhere they will say it is muppadamman <laughs> okay for me it is all my whole life is centered around muppadamman someone will say mahishasura mardini ramyaka mardini like that so this is how it goes and, and then if you go again come back to you know maharashtra and other areas they will say santoshima they will give chana ಸಂತೋಷಿಮಾಡಿಸಿಟೇಡ್ಸಿಟೇಡ್ಸಿಟೇಡ್ಸಿಟೇಡ್ಸಿಟೇಡ್ಸಿಟೇಡ್ಸ
देन श्रीमद्भागवतम इज श्रीमद्भागवतम क्लिअरली लॉर्ड इज सेमच्या कला तुमच्या कृष्णच तू भगवान स्वयं राईट नाव दे विल से ओके बट स्टील लॉर्ड गणेश देन यू हॅव टू टेल दॅम प्लीज माय डिअर आस्कल प्लीज अंडरस्टँड दॅट who scripted this it is some kala pumsha lord ganesh only scripted that if he disagreed you would have told him i am not writing anymore i disagree you would have said that he did he happily scripted in fact what did lord ganesh tell it is said that he said don't stop talking otherwise i'll go on. keep keep let the nectar flow so lord ganesh himself is scripting the shrimad bhagavatam so why will he script something which he does not agree to he is not getting paid <laughs> for this neither does it if, even if someone says that lord ganesh is supreme he doesn't need any payment then why will he script this correct he didn't have any pecuniary motives for this so therefore we have to enough shastra praman is there now but what will happen is people will still people are people so like emmanuel uh, law was mentioning the other day that in bombay we have siddhi vinayak temple lord ganesh's temple outside there is a big queue anyone who is interviewed why you are standing here nobody will say for nobody will say. i was also a queue member many years back regularly i used to go okay why we will go we will go before examination results okay or because we have some girl in our mind and she is see we are going to propose and we need blessings of you know, lord uh, ganesh ganesh ji something <laughs> so this is these are the reasons why people come right because they say the siddhi vinayak anything is possible even if you look like an idiot that attract girl will get attracted to you because siddhis are there <laughs> so some magic you know nobody is getting attracted <laughs> so people stand in various reasons no in the queue now if for some reason someone stands in that siddhi vinayak queue in prabhadevi in bombay and his desires don't get fulfilled now what happens if it gets fulfilled they will say जय गणेश पुढच्या वर्षी लवकर या गणपती बाप्पा हो राईट अँड देन इफ इट डझंट गेट फुलफिल देर वॉज वन फेलो हूज डिझायर डेड नॉट गेट फुलफिल हु वॉज दॅट मी हँडलिंग फ्रॉम माय एक्सपिरियन्स दिस आय ओके लेट्स नॉट गो टू लेट्स नॉट गो टू प्रभादेवी गणेश देर इज वन इन टिटवाला गणेश हु इज ऑन अ कोकनट लाईक दॅट सो यू विल गो टू दॅट गणेश सो वॉट एन गो यू विल गो फ्रॉम गोबर ब्रांच टू साऊथ मेलबर्न ब्रांच correct or not of the same bank so one branch to another people will uh, go just to fulfill their own desire and if it still doesn't get desired fulfilled then what happens then you say i know oh, ganesh doesn't exist <laughs> you deny the existence of that personality and then what will you will say i go to some other demigod from tomorrow i will worship lord murugan right way murga because one brother doesn't listen to me so let me go to the other brother correct of both are sons of lord shiva right so therefore this is the mentality ultimately we are in love neither with lord ganesh neither are we loving with like love with lord muruga we are in love with our material desires simple <laughs> right now let's move on to durga devi again durga devi clearly it is mentioned shishti stiti pralaya sadhana shakti reka मुंबई 
two years, three years back, I was giving this class. I was quoting this verse. One dentist was sitting in my house. He was our family dentist up until that point. <laughs> he got up. Ah, you called Durga servant? Jai Hind! Vande Matam! Actually, this is what he did. Jai Hind! Vande Matam! And he went out of the house. I said, what happened to him? <laughs> and then he came back to that. Again, he opened the door. He said, how can you call servant? Because, he said, my lord. And then I went to his dental cleaning. I found Durga Devi like this. Big statue is there. Okay. Obviously, he got offended. How can, you know, the person who is, everyone enters his dental cleaning, whoever sees big Durga Devi like this, and I call that Durga Devi a servant. Right? Because in the mind, you know, people have a conception of servant because of Hindi movies. You know? Servant means what? Somebody, you know, in that malasana. You know what is malasana? When you go in Indian toilet, you sit like that. Like that. You know, the servant is sitting in one corner like this with a dirty looking towel on this. You know? And then they say, hey, mundu, chai like that. Oh, like that. And then they say, hey, I'm getting, hey, get tea. Like that. Oh, yeah, get uppa. Go and get double, double, what is that? Double latte. And then the servant is running around and getting. So this is the conception of servant. So people think there will be the Supreme Lord and then Durga Devi is like, Hey Durga Devi, hey, one masala dosa. <laughs> people think like that. Okay. And this is a servant. Is it? And this fellow what? They have no idea that what is it to be a servant of the Supreme Lord. People don't have a conception of that. That is the problem. People think servant means like, you know, someone who will be kicked and treated anywhere. But they don't understand Lord Krishna himself becomes the servant of his devotee and he takes the kicks of Arjun in battlefield of Kurukshetra to guide the chariot, right? So people don't understand the exalted position of servitorship to Lord Krishna. Therefore, they get offended. Now, now again, if someone says, <laughs> again, is called scripture, Durga Devi, Shristi Sthiti, Brahma Samhita, I will not accept, you is people. So therefore, we say, okay, thank you very much. Would you accept Padma Purana? Padma Puran, what is written there? Padma Puran, Durga Devi herself is hearing from who? Lord Shiva. Saying, Aradhanan Sarvesham Vishnu Aradhanan Param. And she didn't stop talking to Lord Shiva after that verse. <laughs> she accepted it. Tasma Parataram Devi, Tadinanam Samarchana. Higher than worship of, or everyone is worship of Lord Vishnu. Vishnu Aradhanam Param. And she was sitting there and they didn't get separated after that. Correct? Which means she accepted that. Right? So that is Padma Puran. Right. Now, even Sriman Bhagavatam um, talks about so many pastimes. I will not go into details, but in fifth canto we see Kali. Uh, Jadabharat was there. Jadabharat was trying, they tried to kill Jadabharat, the worshippers of Kali. But what happened? Kali herself, the deity burst open into flames and then she killed all her own worshippers. <laughs> because they tried to harm devotee of Vishnu. That is another Shastra Praman. Advaita Acharya, when he was you know, young, he, his, he was, his eyes were so beautiful, he was called Kamalaksha, like that. So, when his father took him to the king one day, and the king was a worshipper of Durga Devi, and then the father told, you pay obeisances to Durga Devi's deity. Advaita Acharya said, I will not, otherwise, some, you know, something is going to go wrong, if I start paying obeisances there. Father said, no, 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 you have to pay. So then, Advaita Acharya paid obeisances, and what happened? The deity burst. Why? Because Advaita Acharya is Sadashiva, which wife will accept obeisances from husband? Correct? Maybe in Kali Yuga, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> husband accepts beating also from wife. Okay, so what to speak of obeisances? Correct. 
I don't know what it is, but which cultured <laughs> So obviously, you know, so that is another example. Then another example is given Chaitanya Chattamata of Chandidas. Chandidas, what do you think? His brother was poor, Chandidas was very wealthy. Brother had a, brother didn't have a garden. Chandidas had a beautiful flower garden. And Chandidas used to offer worship to Durga Devi every day. But Durga Devi never appeared before him. But one day what happened? His brother, he saw beautiful flowers and in his mind he offered that to Vishnu and Chandidas plucked that flower unknowingly and offered it to his Durga Devi. And on that day Durga Devi appeared. And Chandidas asked, so many years I have worshipped you, Durga Ma, but you never appeared. But today you appeared. She said, because today you offered a flower which I am looking for. You offered me Krishna Prasadam. Right? And then what happened to Chandidas? Immediately change of consciousness happened and Chandidas became one of the foremost poets of Vipralamba Bhav. Right? And Mahaprabhu used to relish Chandidas' poems. So from where to where? From being a Durga worshipper to talking about Vipralambas. So, so this is the, the so in so lot of Shastri Praman is there. A lot of pastimes are there which talk about the supremacy of Vishnu over um, Durga Devi. Now coming to Lord Shivji, again Brahma Samhita, 5.45, Shiram Yathadadi Vikara Vishesha Yoga. We know that verse. So Lord Shivji is only a, is what? Milk which has turned into yoga. So there is Shastra Praman which we can give them. But again they will say Brahma Samhita is gone. Therefore again, we will go again back to Padma Puran where Lord Shivji himself is telling Aradhanam Sarvesham. Vishnu or Aradhanam both from Durga's point of view as well as Lord Shiva's point of view that is there. Now, one verse that attracted me from Srimad Bhagavatam is chapter Srimad Bhagavatam 4.3.23. Sattvam Vishuddham Vasudeva Shabditam Yadhiyate Tatra Puman Apavrataha Sattvesha Tasmin Bhagavan Vasudeva Hi Adoksha Jobe Namasavidhiyate Lord Shiva himself is telling Sati Parvati after the Daksha's pastime. When she is asking, should we go or not go? <laughs> no, like that. Hmm? Lord Shiva is saying, I, he is talking about himself, he is saying, I am always engaged in offering obeisances to Lord Vasudev in pure Krishna consciousness. So he himself is saying that he is engaged in offering obeisances. So why we cannot accept? <laughs> right? Secondly, Amalakrishna Maharaj, when he was lecturing in Fiji, there is one famous lecture, Devi God Goddesses, you would have seen that. Maharaj is saying, Look at Lord Sh- Sadashiva. He is sitting with a Kamandalu but he is always chanting on someone. Who is Lord Shiva chanting on? Why he needs to chant? <laughs> so he is chanting on Mula Sankarsha, which is his Ishta Devata. So clearly there also there is Shastra Brahman that is, that is given here. Then if we say, no, 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 no. We are Shankara Sampradaya. We are followers of Adi Shankara. What did Adi Shankara tell towards the end? Bhaja Govindam, Bhaja Govindam, Govindam Bhaja Mudamate. So he says, Bhaja Govindam. He said, All your Sanskrit rules of grammar will not save you if you don't surrender to Lord Krishna. You, be, you guys may become Vedic scholars, theologians, grammarians, philosophers. You may get ample recognition for your erudition of the scriptures, but you will not become. You cannot get rid of birth, disease, old age and death till you surrender to the feet of Lord Vishnu. And same Adi Shankara who is Lord Shiva himself said, 
ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ playfully not seriously okay because lord shiva also he has to do that right adi chakra also he did that so he was ready my other chaitanya mahaprabhu came and beat him and he, you know joking and then advaita acharya was running around and uh, advaita acharya's wife she said that mahaprabhu please don't he is an old man don't beat him like this <laughs> and advaita acharya said no no let it come let it come because this was the goal i wanted you know this kind of a beating from lord krishna so here is the combination of sada shiva and vishnu who wants to um have association with the sweet association with lord krishna himself so that is another shastra praman if somebody wants to recognize only the supremacy of the lord by the power of the weapon i don't agree all the shastras tell me if both fight in you know in uh, childhood in school i also used to i always used to have this discussion this very interesting discussion every day in school third standard fourth standard fifth standard hey if amita bachchan fights with vinod karna who will win hotel there there will be one opinion which say you know karna will win another will say amita bachchan will win like that so this was a constant discussion you remember rajnikanth and kamala hasan they fight who will win you know because in the screen both of them are winning in their respective movies if they fight who will win that is a big question so we are used to kind of looking up to great personality so sometimes a fight will decide who is the best so here in canto 10 chapter 3 the banasur yuddha comes banasur uh, kidnapped hmm? aniruddha so krishna took his army he said along with the yadus they all marched to banasur hmm? again what happened there it is clearly mentioned in that yud kartikeya was the son of lord shiva was defeated by pradyumna very quickly so that kartikeya had to beat a hasty retreat hmm? and then what happened lord shiva and lord vishnu came face to face the big battle right hmm? and what happened lord shiva released his what is called a shiva jwara hmm. shiva jwara has got three heads and three legs <laughs> like that so shh, it went there and then what happened lord vishnu released this vishnu jwara and what happened ultimately vishnu jwara immediately annihilated shiva jwara to that extent what happened annihilated in the sense that it was not destroyed but it was subdued lord shiva also krishna is very careful lord shiva is actually vaishnavana yatha shambhu so he did not destroy the weapon in that sense but what he did he subdued the power of shiva jwar so he could not do anything and shiva jwar recognized that so it left lord shiva himself and then it went and surrendered to lord vishnu and the chapter talks about the prayers of shiva jwar to lord vishnu what is the shiva jwar is addressing lord krishna saying oh lord he shiva jwar calls lord krishna as what the person who possesses ananta shakti so shiva jwar is recognizing the power of lord krishna he says you are the possessor of unlimited potency you are paresha the supreme control and then you are sarvatma the super soul of all beings even of lord shiva <laughs> this is shiva jwar's prayer right now if someone says no 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 hang on let us talk about celibacy right lord shiva is the ultimate celibate who never gets disturbed by women 
right? He can have so many celestial damsels, he never gets agitated. Yes, it is a fact. But when the Mohini avatar came in front of Lord Shiva, what happened? <laughs> it said that Lord Shiva was running behind Mohini, Mohini avatar. Right? Uncontrollably. Right? He had no control over his body when he ran after Mohini avatar. So that is another uh, Shastra Pramash that Vishnu can subordinate anyone simply by his beauty. Then somebody will say, what about benedictions? He can give so many benedictions. Yes, Lord Shivji can give so many benedictions. He is Asutosh, easily pleased. But he gave benediction to Vrikasur also. Right? And who had to come and save at that point in time? He gave benediction to Vrikasur that whoever's head you touch, they will die. But then Vrikasur went and tried to touch Lord Shiva's head only. <laughs> and then you are running here and there. So that time Lord Vishnu had to come and save him. Now even if you extricate ourselves from Leela and we go to Tattva, in terms of Tattva also it is said in the spiritual world in Vaikuntha, Krishna's first expansion of Shiva Tattva is Sadashiva. In Vishnu Tattva it is Balram, but it is parallelly Sadashiva, is the immediate expansion, Rudra expansion, who is also always worshipping and meditating on Mula Sankarshan. So even in terms of Tattva it is mentioned. Finally, coming to Brahmaji, some people say Brahma is the creator. In Tamil, there is one song, Brahma is the most important song. You remember that song? Anna Malay song. Right? So, Brahma has created you. you know? So, everyone thinks, <laughs> everyone thinks that Brahma is the creator. Nobody can go beyond Brahma. How did Brahma get the mood to create someone? Who gave him the talent to create hmm? like that? Actually, that, that song is, the hero is telling the beauty about the heroine. Saying that Brahma got into a good mood and produced some, uh, someone beautiful like it. But who gave the ability to Brahma? So to the producer director, we have to tell that. So to him, we have to give Bhagavata, second canto, third canto. Tell him, excuse me, there is Sarga and there is Visarga. Right? Brahmaji was struggling actually without knowing what to do. He himself did not know why he existed. Correct? Then he travelled astral travel and he could not find Garbhodaksha Vishnu. Then he did Tapa. And then Vishnu advised him, empowered him, and then Brahmaji himself in Srimad Bhagavatam 2.5.12, Brahmaji is telling Narad Muni, I offer my obeisances and meditate upon Lord Krishna or Vasudev, the personality of Godhead, whose invisible, invincible potency influences everyone to call me as the Supreme Controller. So he says, the less intelligent class of men call me as the supreme controller. And who is influencing this less intelligent class of men? Vishnu himself. He is bewildering them. Then Brahma Vimogalila, another classic example where Brahmaji stole all the coward boys. Again, Vishnu bewildered him. Then, if someone says, no, let us talk about qualities, let us compare in terms of qualities. So in chapter 89 of the 10th canto, the famous pastime comes, when Prabhupada is sitting with some people, sages, and they are all discussing, who is the Supreme amongst eternity, Brahma, Vishnu or Mahesh, who can retain his mode of goodness amidst the most challenging situation. So what happens? Prabhupada goes to Brahmaji, his father, and he shows, doesn't show respect. Brahmaji gets extremely angry, and he, he has to burn it before that he leaves the place. Then he goes to Shiva. And again, he is telling Shiva, what are you? No, the ghosts and goblins around you, all ash smeared. He is directly insulting with words. With Brahmaji, at least he did not, he just showed, he did not pay obeisances. 
but with Shiva he is exquisitely you know uh, ridiculing Lord Shiva and Lord Shiva got so angry he was going to chop him off and then and there but Parvati came and said no 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 leave him alone right but he could see the anger of Lord Shiva and anger of Lord Shiva is not very easy right and then he went to Vishnu and then what did he do now yeah he did not forget about not paying obeisances forget about words with action he kicked on the chest suppose you kick someone on the chest with their paradigms even if you touch someone's car they get angry in this country how dare you touch my car no no like that even if you park in someone's parking lot people get offended right so if you kick someone on the chest how much they will get offended you can just imagine how angry you will get excuse me i'll come now <laughs> to finish it and what did vishnu say vishnu said thank you very much for kicking me in my chest because you are such a exalted personality because your feet have touched my chest my wife will not leave me now because lakshmi will always reside in my chest so he is thanking actually will someone thank us thank you for kicking me in my chest will anyone say like that <laughs> if we kick someone no nobody will say like that but vishnu is saying that which means what he is in control of his anger more than brahma and shiva so in terms of these qualities also the bhagavatam talks about this in terms of benedictions lord brahma ji gave benediction to hiranyakashipu and he couldn't take it back it was then lord narasimha who had to come and sort it out right so if you see every and in bhagavad gita bhagavad gita again lord krishna himself is saying aham sarvasya prabhava mattaha sarva pravartate i am the supreme controller all these people are the cabinet ministers who work under the prime minister having different portfolios and then in the bhagavad gita lord krishna elaborates that but even after explaining all these things you people will still run to the demigods because of your because you want your cheap material benedictions so lord krishna is again cautioning us that even though they are able to give material benedictions what is the nature of their benedictions a All, all those benedictions which they are offering you are coming from me only because I am only empowering them to give those benedictions. Just like if you go to a bank, if you go to a teller and give cash, you don't tell the teller, "Oh, Mr. Teller, how nice you are! You are always giving me money whenever I come." Oh, ATM, you are God because whenever I put my card and punch four digits, you give me money. How nice you are, Mr. ATM. Nobody will hug the ATM saying that ATM is God because it gives me always money whenever I want. behind the atm there is someone who is checking your own bank balance and giving you your own money right maximum credit card they will catch you with a scruff of your neck if you don't pay so that demigods can have a little bit of a credit card power they can give you little bit more than your karma or they can bring your karma forward little bit and give you but beyond that they can't even give because credit card also has got a limit there is a limit how to how much overdraft a bank can give you right so therefore people don't understand this further people don't understand that the benedictions of the demigods are temporary right they cannot understand that the benediction which we get from the demigod will bind you more into the sense gratification cycle they will not liberate you people don't understand this and also people don't understand that the benedictions of the demigods are actually harmful not good for you for example if a small son is there okay he goes to the shopkeeper in india cigarettes are available everywhere he goes to the shopkeeper and say hey i want this cigarette brand what the shopkeeper will say okay he will say 10 rupees okay if he says 10 rupees if he gives the shopkeeper will happily give cigarette and shopkeeper will say every day you come i will give you more <laughs> i have better cigarettes also but if the child goes to the father and says father 10 rupees cigarette what will the father give <laughs> one slap 
in this country i don't know whether it is around in india one slap straight bang cigarette you ask me right at such a young age because this is father because father's chastisement father is not saying ten dollars you are giving a very good value i give cigarette no because father knows that though the son is giving me money whatever the son is asking is not good for him because there is love over there so the father doesn't go by karma which is like the currency oh you have 10 dollars i will give it to you whereas the demigods will give it to you if you have the karma so therefore there are lot of reasons where with the shastra says that do not go to the demigods for material benedictions and even if a fool thinks no 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 i will go to the demigods because i want a wholesome life enjoy i want to enjoy my life how many demigods can you go to because there are 16 how many how many demigods are there 33, 33 million demigods are there 33 million aspects are there in our life which need to be addressed right who will you go to if you go to the demigod who is in charge of the kidney you will get a liver problem if you go to the in charge of liver then you will get a heart problem and so many demigods are the who are you worshiping one lifetime it is impossible anyway therefore krishna says people who worship the demigods are called as what alpamedasa fools right now to conclude our class how do we bring people out of this so vishwana chakravarti thakur gives the answer in madhurya kadambi vishwana chakravarti thakur see rupa goswami in nectar of devotion has started with the stages of bhakti starting from shraddha sadhu sangha anartha nivritti bhajana kriya nishtha ruchi asakti bhava and prema but vishwana chakravarti thakur went into n minus 1 he went one level below in the first hour of nectar in madhurya kadambi what does he say but how does shraddha manifest where does shraddha come from and therefore vishwana chakravarti thakur says shraddha comes from what ahaitukhi because bhakti is ahaitukhi and yadrichcha ahaitukhi means what causeless where does this shraddha come from ahaitukhi means what causeless means what there is no external cause for this bhakti but still there has to be some cause so it is said the cause of bhakti is called as uh, causeless because bhakti itself is the cause of bhakti that is ahaitukhi and yadrichcha means suddenly how it comes in someone without anything suddenly someone starts chanting dancing etc how does it come how does some someone get this bhakti so vishwana chakravarti thakur concludes that lord krishna is very partial in who he wants to give bhakti to though otherwise he is very impartial he is impartial and partial because he is impartial because he, he gives equal rain to everyone he gives equal food to everyone he gives equal facilities for bhakti to everyone everyone has an option of accessing bhagavad gita but still he is partial to that devotee who despite 50000 people not accepting accepted it that one rare soul who is accepting that bhagavad gita and who is accepting krishna bhakti so lord says i am slightly favorable to them also but if the lord is slightly favorable still somebody may say no 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 then the lord is still favorable okay so what what decides who becomes a devotee so it is vishwana chakravarti concludes saying that how does the lord implement his favor through the medium of his devotee prema maithe kripa upeksha yah karoti samadhyam so the devotee is the madhyam adhikari is the one who discriminates who to give mercy and who not to give mercy so therefore if someone has to develop the basic shraddha to start krishna consciousness what we have what he says vishwana chakravarti thakur says that we have to build their shukriti and shukriti starts by 
association of devotees by serving devotees even by accepting the bhagavad gita from their hands their shukriti starts so therefore for people who are stubborn who cannot understand the supremacy of vishnu over demigods especially the problem is more in indian context how do we do that that's why prabhupada institute the institute the program of prasadam distribution so by prasadam distribution we are building their shukriti by book distribution we are building their shukriti by harinam we are building their shukriti by outreach programs we build their shukriti by bhakti vrikshas we are building their shukriti even uh, or shri krishna prabhu's photographs by sending photographs of deities the morning they see they simply appreciate how beautiful are the deities we are building their shukriti so we have to build their shukriti through all these processes that is the only hope that they will come out of their stubbornness of worship of demigods and then migrate to the platform of krishna so i will stop here and ask if there are any questions or comments with the creation of the demigods you say that they so when we look at the creation process the lord glances and prana mahatva then ahankara ahankara mode of goodness produces mind and the demigods so my question is like the demigods come out first before the rest of the jeevas or yes the demigods come out before the so because the demigods are have to produce the are in charge of the bodies of the jeevas so they have to ready it up and then the soul enters that is given that body so that is my understanding gopal is going to please tell me so which means the impregnation in fact in fact demigods are there even before the visarga there are sarga demigods and then there are visarga demigods so even before brahma there are vishnu personally create some demigods that is also mentioned in third canto i think chapter 9 or something like that we'll see that so there so there karma and depending on their shukti so they are advance so they are allowed to come out definitely yeah. they are higher devotees of the world, though they are vishri bhaktas but it is possible for a jiva who comes later to develop shuddha bhakti which even the demigod may not have that is possible by the mercy of an exalted paramahamsa vishnu thank you krata shiman bhagavatam ki jai bhagavad ki jai